0: Live from the downtown studio. The Flames Talk post game show starts now. Sportsnet
1: 960, the fan.
0: Let's get our post-game coverage underway on this Sunday night. It's Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, and the 2023 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic is now officially in the books. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, and of course live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, the phone lines are open and already filling up at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. We will uh, get to your phone calls and texts a little bit later on in our Flames Talk. Post game show, uh, but right now let's uh, head back outside and welcome in Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, who are uh, standing by rinkside uh, as the Heritage Classic all wrapped up here at Commonwealth Stadium, friends and and Mick. Just listening to you post game breaking this one down. I mean, you you fall down two nothing and three one in the first period, and and honestly, we're pretty caved in in that first period was tough for the flames to generate much of anything they uh clawed back within a goal a couple of times but when you get off to that kind of start against a similarly Mm -hmm. desperate team it's it's tough to climb all the way back and that's kind of what we saw here tonight isn't it
2: yeah and that's i mean it's been the talk so much too is about this team putting together a consistent 60 minutes and you would think of all games to come out and really put your foot on the gas and have a strong start that tonight would be the night so it is it is tough to try to claw your way back and fight back that many times and they thought they did a nice job of it and and stuck with it and showed a lot of resilience in terms of the way that they played in the second period that it was strong they were aggressive they were physical they gained momentum of the game and seemed to take control and then you know that fourth goal that the Edmonton Oilers scored I said at the end of the game was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back and you could just kind of see them deflate when offense is so hard to come by for this team right now when you fight your way back and get within one twice and then you think about having to do it a third time it's almost it's daunting to think of that so just just not quite enough
3: yeah and their effort was questioned after Thursday's 3 nothing loss to the Blues. I don't think that there will be many people or any people questioning their effort tonight. So that certainly is a positive, but it's still about a lack of execution, a lack of finish. And they're going to have to get this thing figured out, Pat. Uh, we said before the game that whoever won the Heritage Classic, it would be uh, the type of win that could potentially turn their season around. And yeah, I, I know how coaches are. They never want to say those types of things because what if you don't win, Mm -hmm. right? And then what are you going to say then? So we didn't really hear that from the Flames coaches or players, but they knew what was on the line in this outdoor battle of Alberta, the first one ever, and they weren't able to find a way to win it. And as you guys have talked about, uh, the first period was kind of their undoing. They just weren't good yep. enough in the first 20 minutes of this hockey game. I quite like them in the final 40, mm-hmm. but this is a team that's having a tough time scoring right now, and they can't continue to dig themselves into holes. And you don't normally have to play a full 60 minutes. It's uh, it's a great quote and whatnot. Uh, it's, uh, but but you got to play it closer to a full 60 minutes than they have in most of their losses this season. So yep. uh, back to the drawing board. And we'll see if they can figure it out uh, with the Stars coming to town on Wednesday
0: friends how do they how do they generate more offense like it, that that's that's what this is is going to i think boil down to on the phone lines and the text line is that once again like offense is such a difficult thing for them to create it five on five tonight derek just four high danger scoring chances from the flames uh, as opposed to 19 from the slot from the oilers that's over a natural stat trick and and it's just it's it's they score twice um one was a redirect from Cotton. The other was a great individual rush by Weger, finished off by Greer. But what is it going to take for this team to start generating more offense?
3: You saw how Vincent D'Aaron A scored, right? Yeah, put it on net. I think they need to do more of that. I do. When you're struggling. With traffic. And Mick, yeah, Mick, you brought this up. Yeah. I can't remember if it was while we were on the air or maybe in a break. But you talked about um, – Sometimes when you're fighting it offensively, you try to do too much. You try to be too cute instead of just kind of simplifying things. Pat, I know it's cliche. I think they've got to get pucks to the net and bodies to the net. And, yeah, sometimes you need a fortuitous bounce like the one that Dayarnae got. But if you're not doing those things, you're not going to get those bounces. So I think it's as simple as just funneling pucks to the net getting players to the net to create some traffic create some chaos they're not getting a lot of second and third chances right now mm-hmm. it's kind of one and done so they've got to figure out a way to to get those secondary scoring opportunities otherwise they're going to continue to have a hard time scoring because quite frankly they don't have a lot of high-end finishers on this team
2: yeah, yeah. well and i think it's it's funneling pucks to the net obviously but then if there's rebounds generated, then the forwards in front of the net have to pick up those pucks. Mm-hmm. Like if the defensemen are a player off the wall, if you're doing a good job of getting the puck to the net, then you need to make sure that there's guys there that have gone to those tough areas. And that when the puck pops out, that they're the ones that get it and not the other team. Cause then they just clear it out of the zone yeah. instead of getting a second or third opportunity. But also you look at the players on this team. They're not, you know, in, in comparison to a lot of the other high-skilled forwards in the league like they don't have guys like that so you're not going to generate a ton of offense with incredibly skilled plays in terms of you look at the way that Connor mcdavid plays the game and the deception that he uses and um, you know the plays that they execute like the flames aren't going to execute plays like that so you have to find other ways to generate offense and you know, you can funnel as many pucks to the net as you want, but you have to make sure that you have players there that are picking up the garbage, uh, you know, that's going to pop out. And then also your power play needs to clip at a really high level. I know that they were um, successful tonight, but they could have been more successful. Like, yeah, and when one per six still ain't going to power, like gonna cut it. Yeah, when I when I watch their power play and it's just it's so predictable. You know where they're moving the puck. You know the plays that they're going to make. And if I was a defenseman out there, like that's not hard to defend when you know where it's going to go and you have your stick in the lanes and they can't get to the middle of the ice. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things. It also depends on the team that you're playing as well as to. Uh, you know, what type of offense you can generate. But I think that, you know, that's a big one is picking up those second and third opportunities in front of the net when the puck does get there.
0: The 2023 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic wrapped up here in Edmonton as we uh, continue along from Commonwealth Stadium as the Flames fall by a 5-2 score to the Oilers here. Uh, Edmonton snaps they're losing skid at 4 extends Calgary to 5. Flames back at it Wednesday when they welcome the Dallas Stars. That's a 6:30 start on Wednesday. It was a uh, it was a pretty cool evening. It was a uh, it was a pretty special evening. That was our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota just a Battle of Alberta, Mick, in, in an outdoor game, we don't have to spend too much time on it because uh, I, I know that you know there's going to be a lot of people just want to talk about the frustrating nature of the result of the game. But it was uh, it was pretty neat. Uh, it was a pretty neat evening at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, I'll throw back to you in just a second. We're going to head uh, downstairs to the Flames locker room right away and get some post game reactions, So uh, hang with us, uh, and then we'll uh, bring Derek and Mick back from outside ringside, at Commonwealth Stadium here for the Heritage Classic. Final score five two. Your Flames talk post game is underway on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts my name is pat steinberg let's head back downstairs here at commonwealth stadium and get some immediate reaction from flames forward aj greer aj i really appreciate the time tonight just uh how how did you see this one out there tonight
4: uh it was good i mean it was an unbelievable and uh you know we're fortunate enough that uh sea of red and the calgary fans showed out for us um Listen, it was a tough game, tough conditions, and, and I think uh, in the first period we had a little nerves, but uh, we, we we gave it to them in, in the second period. And third period we fell short. Uh, we got to clean some stuff up, but uh, again, it's, it's it's a tough stretch here with uh, not not getting a win out, um, and we, we got to figure something out. So I, I won't uh, you know I won't sugarcoat it. It's tough. It's, it's, I think that the guys want to win there's a will to win in this room I don't think there's anyone that doesn't want to win or doesn't want to do everything they can to help this team so it's just a matter of uh, now you know executing and making sure that we consistently do the right things
0: the uh you you talk about the tough conditions was that was that uh, I'm just curious as to what it was like out there on the ice tonight and and how that that played into it for how the game was played
4: yeah I was I mean the ice wasn't too great but it was just Um, I think nerves in general and and just, you know, being in in such a a different, you know, uh, different kind of mindset. And um, I don't know, you know, it was a great experience overall, but uh, I think the the nerves got the best of us in the first period. You can't let that happen, uh, you know, early on in the game.
0: What uh, what did you see on the the goal that you scored, AJ? Walk us through how that all came about from from your viewpoint.
4: Uh, there was just a, a change by our, one of our forwards. I hopped on the ice. Um, Kenzie had a, a partial break. He, he made a nice move at the blue line to beat the defenseman. Went wide. Um, shot hit a far pad. Uh, I had my stick down, going to the net and slot, and the puck uh, just you know came right to me and. And I batted it away. Um, you know, you always kind of want those opportunities and you got to be ready for them. So fortunate enough to go, uh, go in the net and, you know, give, give us, uh, the chance to, to win the game. So it was a great play by, by Weeks.
0: And uh, a final thought for you, AJ. Just You talked about the will to win and how everybody is, is committed to working their way out of this right now. What's it going to take, in, in your opinion? What needs to happen for, for that to start to turn around?
4: Uh, it's, it's just staying consistent in, in what we value and what we, uh, each, each one of us brings to the table um, as far as players, uh, you know. We got guys who, who do different things in the lineup, and uh, those different things have to come come out every single night, every single shift. Um, and we got to, you know, we got to be hard on puck. We we got to have some jam and, and be there to yeah. to support each other and play as a team. I'm I'm sure enough we're gonna get out of this. Right now it's tough. I know it's tough for for the fans, for the city, and and, and everyone around us. And you, I just want to say it's even tougher for us. But we're doing everything we can, and and we're sticking up as a group. to to make sure that we're doing everything that uh, we can to to perform every night. And we're going to get out of this, and I'm sure we're going to have a successful season. Um, But stay with us.
0: AJ, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Good luck on Wednesday, hey? Yeah, thank you. That is AJ Greer post game following tonight's 5-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers here at the 2023 Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium. It's Pat, Mick, and Derek along with you and uh, Megan. You, you hear that from AJ? That's a uh, that's uh, you know pretty um, it's it's a pretty resolved guy about how they are going to get out of this, but also knows that this this is a group going through it. This is uh, this is a real frustrating time for this Flames group right now
2: yeah that was the first I've heard anybody mention the ice conditions. I mean looks pretty good from <laughs> where we're sitting. so that was a little bit surprising to yeah. me. I was really surprised to hear that. Uh, we've only heard good things, so it'd be interesting to see what everyone else kind of says about it. But I like his honesty and I like that you know he says there is the will to win in that dressing room and I don't like i don't I don't doubt that at all. I mean we've been around the team all preseason you know, from the very start, from the golf tournament, you think back to then, and, you know, this is a group that you want to win hockey games. Like, you don't, as a player, you never want to lose. These guys are all, they play at the highest level. They're competitive guys, and this is their job. Like, they live and breathe this every single day, and you know that, you know, on the flight home and for the next couple of days, that's all they're thinking about is trying to figure out how to get a win, so, you know, I do like his honesty and in... in you know asking the fans to to stay with them because you know I, I i really think they're trying they,
3: they certainly did tonight yeah. and right now they're just having a hard time scoring yeah. goals and when you're having a hard time scoring goals uh, you're going to have a hard time winning games i will say this they still need more from most of their top yes. players uh, the good news is they're going to get their best defenseman back for Wednesday. Rasmus Anderson has yep. now served his four-game suspension. They missed him. They missed him at even strength. They missed him on the power play for sure. I think it's one of the reasons why they had a hard time scoring a power play goal in the four games that that he didn't play in. They scored one. Mm-hmm. Um, that that threat of him shooting the puck from the point is something teams have to defend against and. Uh, He can make some plays, too. So it would be good to get him back. But they still need more from a number of their top players. The the good news is, and fans might not see it this way right now, but um, I'll ask them to try to. The good news is is that if the team collectively and individuals were playing to the best of their ability and the results still weren't there, then that would be real cause for concern. And, yeah, there's still cause for concern because this team is now – Two, six, and one in their first nine games. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible start. Uh, And they're probably going to have to have multiple lengthy winning streaks to get back into the playoff race at this point. And they're going to have to win a lot of proverbial four-pointers, and they lost one of them tonight. But if their top guys can start playing better and producing more, That's how they're going to get out of this. They can't rely on the A.J. Greer's of the world to to do the heavy lifting. And there have been too many games this season where the Flames' fourth line has been their best line or their third pairing has been their best pairing. That can't continue to happen. And I don't think I need to name names, Pat, but I'll leave that for the fans. Yep.
5: Yeah.
0: Let's select tonight's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring sent resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. All right, Mick, who we got for our hardest worker tonight?
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it to Mackenzie Wieger. He had two assists tonight. Was the third star, but just, I thought, really played a solid game at both ends of the ice. And I think he's gotten stronger as the season has gone on. And you can't say that for all of the players or a lot of the players, but he's been a guy that's really, he stepped up big time with Rasmus Anderson out yeah. of the lineup. And he was, he was really solid tonight.
0: So there it is. It's a Mackenzie Wieger as your hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at Canyon Plumbing. Dot com. and that point that uh, Derek made a little earlier is also an important one. Rasmus Anderson returns to the Flames lineup Wednesday against Dallas, and there's no doubt about it that they definitely have missed their number one defenseman uh, while he's been serving this four-game suspension. Final score, 5-2. Friends, the uh, 2023 Heritage Classic is in the books. You guys get to get warm now um, <laughs> as we uh, get you some uh, final thoughts from a broadcast duo of Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills, and Then y'all can go inside where the heat is uh Nick, what do we got for our final thoughts after a fifth straight flames loss
2: <sighs> well <laughs> that's i may- maybe wow. says so. um, well you know yep i mean not the start that they needed not the start that they would have wanted and Did a nice job of turning it around in the second period and kind of brought the heat on and sort of tilted the ice in their favor. And then, you know, just getting down by goals too many times and having to fight and claw your way back, being a team that offense is is hard to come by it's it's not a situation that you can really put yourself in i don't know how much more jacob markstrom can do he's now getting points <laughs> in addition <laughs> to score playing goals come on really well in the net yeah. so uh, you know he was he was great tonight as well so i think it's just you know, it's not even back to the drawing board at this point. I think it's, you know, they've done the, you know, make adjustments and figure out what's going on and take a long hard look in the mirror. It's now's the time really have to turn things around.
3: Yeah, you're probably going to have to string some wins together here. Yeah. You're you're definitely going to have to string some wins together here. You've lost 5 in a row. I'm not saying you need to win the next 5, but uh, you're probably going to need uh, some four or five six game winning streaks to get back into the playoff race the good news is it's still early the bad news is it's not really early anymore we're, we're nine yeah. games into an 82 game regular season so uh the flames need some individuals to pick up their games and if that happens then uh, they have the ability to win some games but you know it was a great experience Uh, A sellout crowd of 55,411 here at Commonwealth Stadium. First ever outdoor Battle of Alberta. Who knows when we get another one. Uh, I'd love to call another one. It was really unique to call the game from ice level. I had 23 years in uh, professional hockey. I had never done this until tonight. And I wouldn't want to do it every night because I couldn't see one end of the rink very well. I couldn't see into the one quarter at all. But a really unique perspective that really helps you appreciate just uh, how fast the game is and how much skill the best players in the world have because they do it without a lot of time or a lot of space and they're doing it against the other best players in the world so really cool to to broadcast this game thanks to matt who uh froze his butt out here uh, operating the board for us tonight Uh, thanks for all the hard work that you put in pat it was great to be back on the road for a game especially a game like this and uh, it's just unfortunate that the Flames couldn't make it uh, a little bit closer at the end. I like their last 40 minutes. Didn't get a lot done, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, their first 20 is something that uh, they're going to have to get figured out. Last but not least, just again, congratulations to uh, our broadcast partner, Megan, on yeah. uh, her retirement. Oh, uh, she announced her retirement not from hockey broadcasting. She's just, <laughs> just getting started, but from hockey playing. Yes. And she did it uh, not far from where she grew up in St. Albert. Uh, I know she's got a million memories of playing on ODRs and uh, playing inside too in this neck of the woods. So it was a really fitting place to do it and uh, definitely one of the highlights of the weekend.
2: Thank you. And this, for me, this is like a highlight of my life. <laughs> Honestly, being able to, I guess, announce that here uh, so close to home and with you guys as we, or as I embark on this next chapter. And so. Just an, an incredible experience and one that I'll never forget. Let's do it again. What,
0: what'd you uh, What'd you say on your uh, on your Twitter post with uh, with grit and grace? I like it. Grit and grace. Uh, I like and it. Now you can uh, now uh, some grit and grace on our radio airwaves for once as well. Um, hey buddy, thanks, man. I don't know if there'll thanks, be a lot Derek. of grace. Some there'll be well. some grit though. <laughs> Good luck, Pat. <laughs> bye friends uh, see you back at the hotel um Megan Mickelson Derek Wills signing off following a Flames 5-2 loss of the 2023 Heritage Classic to the Edmonton Oilers making five straight losses for Calgary they've now lost seven of their last eight and this uh really rough run continues for Calgary they're back on home ice Wednesday to try to snap this skid against the Dallas Stars tonight's game has been brought to you by South Point Toyota we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska we'll go inside the Flames locker room a couple a of times as well uh, as we continue along. It's your Flames Talk Post Game Show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg, and this is Calgary Flames Hockey on SportsNet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk Post Game Show continues from
3: the downtown studio on SportsNet 960, The Fan.
0: Pat Steinberg along with you following a 5-2 Flames loss to the Oilers. Your Flames Talk post-game show from Commonwealth Stadium as the 2023 Heritage Classic has wrapped up here in Edmonton. Oilers win 5-2. They never trailed. Flames have now lost five in a row. Phone numbers 403-240-4444. Text line 960 960. We'll get to your phone calls, your texts in just minutes. But right now, let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska post game following his team's fifth consecutive loss, and this time to the Edmonton Oilers.
6: What was the big difference tonight between the two teams?
7: um The start, I think. They were the team that had the pace early on in tonight's game. And then I think one of the other um, differences, I would say, was their second goal after our power play when they
3: capitalized on that two on one chance.
8: Right side, up front.
3: Ryan, maybe two kind of at at once. What did you think the issue was at the start, and at what point did you feel like you guys got to your game tonight? I
7: thought we were waiting
3: for something to
7: happen instead of going after it and attacking the game. So we were sitting back. I thought one team was skating and one wasn't in, in the first period. I thought in the second and third period we got better, and we had a lot more zone time from that point. And then once you get into the zone, you have to find a way to be Um, a little bit more dynamic offensively uh, in order to to generate some five-on-five chances.
8: Third row in the middle. Hey, Ryan. Uh, It's right
7: over here. It's been some time since this
6: team has been able to score more than two goals in a game. Just curious from your vantage point, why it's been so frustrating for this team to produce offensively as it's been over the last little while. Why has it been frustrating? No, like, how would you explain, Or sorry, I'm not wording the question right, but just how would you explain why this team has not been able to produce offensively
7: well it's the the one thing for me it starts like the first period did you know if we're not um, skating and we're not going to uh, try to work to make things happen you're sitting back and hoping things are happened then you're gonna spend some time in your zone and then guys start to grip the sticks a little bit tight and they force plays through the middle and you end up turning a lot of pucks over once you get pucks in behind uh, a defense whatever team it is in the league uh, any sort of pressure you're gonna get your opportunities and I think once it starts to go, it it's going to come a little bit more freely. Like we've had some games where we've had some great chances where goaltenders have made saves on us. So we're in one of those those ruts right now, but it'll it'll change.
8: Left side, second row. Sorry, in the
5: back on the left. Uh, Ryan, you've had you've had Cadre, Higuel, and Coronado together and, and apart for a little bit this season. Just your assessment of that uh, line tonight for you. Um, I. I thought they
7: were quiet tonight, is the way I could say it. Yeah, I thought they were quiet.
5: And, and th- th- I think Hubero and Cadre, their ice time has been reduced a little bit in recent games. Do you want to maybe see a little bit more of those two? or?
7: Uh, well, I don't know if it's more. I mean, you, you look for... Everybody could be a difference maker in their own way. Like, some guys are hard to play against. Some guys are, are like, speedsters. Some guys are tenacious around the net. So... Understanding what makes them really good hockey players and then looking to be a difference maker is, is important. So that's something that we need from, from those two guys for sure. They're key players for us and they're very good players and we need, we need to see that consistently.
9: Ryan, Jeremy, Jeremy Freeborn with the Calgary Hockey Magazine here so oh, yeah. you bet no problem um what was it like for, from you for from a coaching perspective co- coaching outdoors did, did, did you have to make too many adjustments along along the way
7: uh there were there weren't a lot of adjustments in regards to the way the game is played no i mean we we had our practice last night where you get the guys used to um the difference in depth uh in regards to the stadium seating being so far away the size of it all that stuff but during the game there wasn't there wasn't a lot i thought the ice was good tonight the boards were lively at times, but um, players became aware of that fairly quickly.
8: Right side, second row. Uh,
7: you, you just mentioned that things will change offensively and, and as a whole, and the, the season kind of goes in stages. What needs to change specifically? I think there needs to be consistency. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot in Calgary about our, our struggles early on this year of taking care of the puck. Like, we seem to be every time there's a little bit of pressure, we want to throw it into the middle of the ice. Well, that's a recipe for a turnover. Um, so we have to get ourselves um, committed to, in situations like that, putting it behind and bringing speed to the puck. And whether you call that uh, boring hockey or whatever it is, it's it's effective. And we started to play that a little bit better in the second and third period, and it allowed us to get some more time.
8: Right side.
3: Ryan, this might be overlapping with the last question, yep. but... What makes you optimistic right now? Like with what you're seeing, obviously, your group's in a tough stretch, but what makes you optimistic?
7: I'm always optimistic. Uh, One, our goaltender is playing some elite hockey right now. I think that's always a real important thing. Um, Two, I know the type of people that we have in our room. Like, It's not anything that all of a sudden, hey, this is going to be great. You have to fight your way through these things. So you have to come to the rink every day expecting it to be really hard and actually embracing that a little bit right now and I think that's where we have to go and I think we have a lot of guys in our room that are willing and capable of doing that.
8: We have time for two more, left side. Ryan, how big a challenge has it been to find chemistry amongst your lines at five on five?
7: That's a fair question, you know, and it it has been right now and, you know, you look at some of the players that we're uh, missing, unfortunately Adam couldn't play tonight and and he's a guy that has some chemistry with certain players, Um, you know, young Pelche and Rooney, they're, they're all different guys up front that we expect it to be in, in the mix, um, but we have to get ourselves something soon. You know, you, you can't rely on, on one line to go out there and, and um, as a coaching staff, trust that they're going to get the job done. You need more, um, and that just means people taking it on themselves a little bit. You know, they have roles, they have responsibilities, and they have to make sure they're at their very best. Last question, back right.
8: Ryan, when your guys go home tonight and they're away from their colleagues and their work environment, what do you want them to think about
0: this? What lesson do you want them to take from this particular game?
7: Well, I, you know, I, <laughs> you have to learn the lessons. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. So I like the guys, if, um, when they get an opportunity to watch their shifts and they watch it um, the proper way, if they hold themselves accountable and if they really start to recognize that there is a certain way that's gonna allow us to have success, we'll start playing that way and, and we will be successful.
0: There you go. That's head coach Ryan Huska post-game following tonight's 5-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers at the 2023 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic as we continue along on your Flames Talk post-game show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on this Sunday night from Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. It's time for tonight's save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. You just heard it there from the coach. Uh it's, it's tough to uh, point too many fingers at what you're getting right now from Jacob Markstrom. I know he would probably say differently and said, "No, I got to ways to win and any goal that he allows he's never happy about but another really strong uh really strong game for Jacob Markstrom in his first ever outdoor game and his save of the game comes
3: in period at number one and both teams will back off the changes Hennepin takes over and slides it left wing side to backland he gets bumped off the puck by Fogel. here's dry saddle ahead McDavid busting in shoots Markstrom the same and he keeps it out I'm not sure how but he did That ends up being
0: one of the 28 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight. That's his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Uh, Okay, let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 960-960, following this 5-2 loss to the Oilers in the Heritage Classic. Um, This says, uh, the word frustrating just doesn't even begin to describe it anymore. I make an okay salary at my work, but for guys that make as much money as they do, show so little care and don't give a bleep, if I were paid even a tiny fraction of the salary Huberto or Cadre made, I would get out of bed every morning, go to the office and work my tail off. So many people make minimum wage and put in more effort into their job than some of these top guys do. What a big fat joke. Uh, this from Laflemme who says, Pat, it's evident there's some issues in this locker room. Um, I suspect some guys don't care and definitely don't respect the jersey Kadri sounds like one. Huberto seems like another. Zadorov was absolutely right. Time to put up or shut up. I wonder if literally having these big players ride pine would change things. Reward young guys fighting hard. Pretty sick at the performance tonight, leaving Markstrom out to dry like that. Kind of reminds me of the mid-2000 flames leaving Kipper out to dry. Pretty lackluster in many areas here, Pat. Unsure what the exact answer is. Definitely is reminiscent of the movie goon um this says jason in calgary says i hope we don't start giving the team credit for just showing up at least they showed up yes however they need to win hockey games that is what they are there to do uh, this reads um, Manjapani's a loose cannon, has a hot temper and no control over his emotions, takes bad penalties at the worst possible time when that temper flares up. Flames don't need a 130-pound enforcer or whatever he thinks he is when he's trying to intimidate other players. Flames need pucks in nets, and he'll never be what he was when Gaudreau was setting up all his uh, his goals. That was a one-off. Kadri might want to be part of the solution instead of shaking his head every game. Uh, That attitude spreads, even though he scored tonight, still not a fan. Just going to read through as uh, many as I possibly can um, on the text line tonight because there's a lot of them. This is from Patrick and Hanson Ranch. Pat, let's focus on the optimistic part of the Flames, uh, and that is this Heritage Classic. Beautiful weather, beautiful jerseys, and a beautiful goalie mask, and most importantly, beautiful 2024 first-round pick upcoming. Um, yeah, I, I, I see what you're doing there, Patrick. That's well done. Um this says Huberdeau, an absolute non factor um, this says why don't the flames have a finisher why should they have not should they not have known that because they haven't been able to score for two years like this well I think they um, attempted to do some things but obviously were unable to make a few of those acquisitions this summer uh, this says Pat, Let's not hear one word about this being early in the season. This Flames team is weak, very weak. The new coaches and GM have to pivot. Changes needed big time. couple of contracts are killers to deal with. Lord have mercy on this team. They need help. I think you have a pretty good idea where this text line is is uh going and the type of text that we're going to continue to read ash writes a couple of thoughts one i hate to say it but i think it's time for a hockey trade with the sabers losing both Comrie and levi a trade package such as such as getting someone for vladar i know Olafson's a second line player but at this point new blood might be the perfect tonic for this team two i think the flames need to go back to emphasizing shot volume again similar to derek's comment about funneling pucks to the net well i mean yes and no i don't think that they ever i don't think that they are preaching that they don't want pucks towards the net i just think that right now they're having a really hard time making any of those pucks they're getting lots of shot volume right now it's that none of that shot volume is anything but perimeter and and that's the problem is that It's been a real difficult time getting traffic in front, and then it's also been difficult when it's been an opportunity to move the puck to a more dangerous area. They haven't been able to do that either. So, I mean, you take a look at the high dangers at 5-on-5 in this game tonight, it was lopsided, and and not not even just a little lopsided. It was 19-4 to for the Oilers at 5-on-5 from the slot tonight shot attempts were 47-38 and they were way more lopsided in Edmonton's favor after 40 minutes of play and the third period they had a two-goal lead for a good chunk of it like these these are these are rather troublesome things that we saw in this game tonight so yeah it's it's not just a shot volume thing for me because I think they're doing that it's that that shot volume is so rarely dangerous right now uh this from tim and moose job markstrom's been awesome big z calls out his teammates they get a new coaching staff but this team still continues to struggle and looking up and down the lineup i don't see anyone putting this team on their back and turning the ship around so in your opinion what needs to change is it a trade is it a benching of a major name player or what's the solution well tim that's a That's a very, very loaded question that I don't know if it has a simple answer. I I think what what needs, I don't know what needs to change if I'm going to answer that as much as what needs to happen is this team needs to take a really, really hard look at what exactly they are. It's nine games into the season, and it looks very reminiscent of, oh, I don't know, 82 games that we saw last year, definitely about 50 games that we saw last year so what they need to do in my opinion is they need to take a real hard look at things and determine where they want to go here with a number of key players do they want to go forward with Elias Lindholm under contract for 8 years, do they want to go forward with Noah Hannafin under contract for 8 years and by doing that and determining exactly how they want to go forward and potentially making the pivot that a lot of people think that they should be making well, maybe that is what is your long-term fix it's probably not going to fix right now but the long-term fix if this is what they are if they're just going to be a mediocre below average team either better than two six and one i don't know if they're a surefire playoff team though i don't i i don't think that we're talking about a team that is underachieving to the point that like a a contender underachieving is if they're an average to below average team, and that's what we find out through 15 or 20 games once we get there, I think it might be time to pivot on some of these decisions. I think it might be time to think about moving a player that we've been talking about signing for as long as we have. Uh, this is from Jacob. One person we aren't talking enough about is Manjapani. He's really disappointed me this season so far. Looks a long way away from the 35-goal season he had a few years ago. Don't get me wrong, though, still better than Kadri. Uh, This says, Pat, I was very optimistic about the Flames this season, like many others were. There's still some runway to turn things around, but if they're not four to five games above 500 around the 25 to 30 game mark, I'm not sure there'll be much to cheer uh, much to cheer about this season besides a high draft pick. Daryl was a problem, and I agree, I agree that he needed to be let go, but it's evident now the issues go beyond coaching. The caller last game that says Huska's the sacrificial lamb, I believe it was Robert put it best. I'm not sure what the appropriate action is, but this new core has been together for over 90 games, and there's enough sample size, that things are simply not working. Do you play out the season until the trade deadline and get as many assets back as you can? Do you extend the younger players like hannafin and Zadorov? I know one player I'm not extending is Lindholm or Tanev. Regardless, I think they've we've all been led to believe and are now searching for answers and faith in a team that is simply a bad one that comes from Alex. That's just a little bit on the text line at 96960. as the Flames fall 5-2 to the Edmonton Oilers here at the Heritage Classic in Edmonton. It's Steinberg along with you from Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. And let's hit the phone lines for the first time at 403-240-4444 following a really tough 5-2 loss to the Oilers. Calgary's now lost five in a row and seven of eight were available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, let's kick off on the phone lines here on post postgame by saying hello to Tim. What's going on, Tim? Well, you know, nothing. Just watching a great game. Great game. Yeah. Um, so I've
6: got a couple things to say. Uh, I'll start with the power play. I've, I've thought Sutter, or not Sutter, sorry, Savard was going to be great, but I just don't understand in those two five-on-threes how none of the guys on the ice were in front of the net. How... How is that possible, like, as a strategy? I've seen I've seen a lot of five-on-trees, and I've never seen two that were that bad. That was brutal. I mean, they did score on one. No, but those ones in the first period where they're
0: both fed two of them, and no yeah, one stands in front on, of they, the net, they, they're
6: all standing they, beside the net.
0: All I'm saying is that they scored on one. <sighs> I,
6: I've just never seen a, a more ineffective five-on-three. Like, how do you not... How do you get in a position where you have a five on three and you don't load up shots? Like, you can't. You, like everyone's standing beside the net waiting for the puck to go in or the waiting. first, the first
0: one. Know. The first one was not wow. great. The second one I wow. thought was uh, a little more dangerous, and they scored on the second five on three. So yeah, they they, like that was, they did. That's just like I can't. I can't. Like they did. That that's a fact. I, I'm
6: just not, I'm just in awe of it. I've been, like I've seen lots of five on threes and. That's some of the worst ones I've seen where it's like you don't even look like you have an extra extra two men. Anyways, um, I'll get to the short of it. Um, I think after watching that game, the thing that came over me in that game was that game, you have your family, your kids, everyone's there with you. You have everyone around you. It's a big event. You don't want to be embarrassed, and you don't show up for the first period. And anyone who says they did is is lying. No, they, didn't. That was, they did
10: statistically, not. Statistically,
6: they were brutal in every way. So tell me, tell me in that situation, if you think that those players, like this whole thing about they're gonna get it on the go and they're gonna get it whatever, they're gonna move forward and get past this, if you can't show up with that much driving you. Because that's that's a fear, right? With hockey players, they wanna succeed, but it's also the fear of embarrassment like anyone else. You you have all that on the line and you don't show up. Like and even if it's even if it's talent. Even if we go down that road and say, well, the talent is low enough that they can't do it. I've seen plenty of teams that have no talent, and you can watch them work, right? You can see them checking. You can see them dropping in front of shots. You can see them doing everything they can do, and they lose. And that's fine, because you know they worked their butt off. The talent wasn't good enough. They got out of class. But that first period was nothing to do with talent. That was to do with not not being in that game. Like, yeah. And, and, and watching the thing that, the thing from that that made me really worried is later in that game, you saw Kadri on the, on the bench talking to Coronado. And all I thought is, you know, if we look at this core, and that's, that's, that's not just the top guys. That's not just Huberto and Kadri. That's Coleman, Backlund, Magipani, the next group of people in there. Is this core, is the same core, and it's the same still look at the same rotten core that we did this last year? I see them talking to the kids, and I'm worried for the future. I see Coronado. I see his talent and his playmaking, and I think, oh, God. You know, I want you to learn from the veterans, but I don't want you to learn not showing up for the first period. Like, I don't want you to learn. Like, I think of him as, okay, maybe this guy, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I look at him, and I think, oh, maybe he's going to be something. He's get real lucky he's a star. You see that, See his like, playmaking and scoring and his vision. You're like, oh, I can see it. But then I see him talking to these guys, and I'm thinking, oh, like what are we doing to them? like i think you need to really take a hard look and say what are we like are you going to keep around these guys cuz you're they're all friends and we are all loyal. we're all loyal and you see the, them not show up to this game like what can the coach do to push them more than the embarrassment of having your family and friends at that game and it being such a public spectacle and you don't show up yeah. like that's and the second period oh no they played you know they played harder in the second they were so embarrassed by that first period.
0: But yeah, it was bad. It was a bad that? first period. There's no doubt about it. Like that was like, they. They. It could have been a whole lot worse than three-one after twenty. No doubt. And, we got to and, start to wrap up here, Tim. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I I hear what you're like, saying. I, I I get you.
6: I just I just look at it like I think we need to look at it like okay. I, I'm not a rebuild guy. We'll never rebuild. You're stuck with contracts, but you need to start moving guys out that are too comfortable because kid to the to worry i don't want coronado pelche these young guys they may not be the stars but you don't want them affected by it okay that's it
0: all right tim thanks. be well buddy thanks yeah, man you 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a flames 5-2 loss to the oilers in the heritage classic here in edmonton it's steinberg along with you on a sunday night in your flames talk post game show we say hello to eugenio what's going on eugenio
1: hey pat how's it going
0: good man how are you
1: Good, good. Uh, how's, uh, how's the outdoor game there in Edmonton? It
0: was, it was good. It was cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, cool, uh, cool attraction.
0: Yes, it was good. That's good. Got a question
1: for you. So the other day, um, I wasn't going to bring this up, but then after watching today's game, I just had to bring this up. You got mad at George for calling Huberto a fraud because you're like, let's not attack this guy personally.
0: Well, no. Um, what I said was that he was like he, he he called him a fraud and a liar, and I said, okay, let's not let's not go down that road because okay. that, that that and 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 Eugenio, I'll cut it off right now too if you want to do that. It just name calling players is so juvenile. So let's let's just move on from that.
1: Okay, let's not call him a liar, but Pat, we're we're diehard Flames fans. What, I, what do you want us? Uh, and, how do you want us? To, how do you want us to feel? We're getting robbed right now by these guys.
0: I'm not suggesting that you feel that you don't feel that way. That's a different thing than calling a guy a liar.
1: He's not. He's not even putting in any effort. Like I'm watching that game today, and he is not putting in any effort. It is. So, this guy's making ten point seven million dollars. Ten point five. Okay, sorry. <laughs> ten point five. Pat, you you put you put in you put in a hundred million times more work, working your tail off every day than this guy does on the ice. Do you make ten point five million?
0: I, I I don't disclose what. I, no, I do not. No, I do
1: not. Well, if you made ten point five million, I'd have to apply to uh, nine sixty myself. But no, I all do I'm not. saying is I. You know what, what? What's getting to me right now is, you know, I don't know, I don't think the talent is there. I don't think Huberto is ever going to reach one hundred and fifteen points. Obviously not. And I don't even think he's going to reach eighty points. But all I want to see is some effort. Do I think we're a good team? I I thought we were going to be good this year. I really thought with Sutter gone, I thought we were going to actually be good. I really did. But it hasn't worked out. And, you know, stuff can change. still turn around. Like you said, we're nine games in now. There's still another 73 games to go. But man, I just want to see some effort. It's like everyone's just giving up. It's like everyone has just given up on everybody. Like, those five-on-threes, I know we scored on it, but they were just – they were brutal. Like, you, you watch other teams when they have a five-on-three, and it's like there's a really good chance that that puck's going to be in the net. While with us, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know what it is because it's like on paper we do have these talented players. Like, Caudry had a really nice resume before he came here. Huberto had a nice resume. Huberto finished second in points the year before we traded for him. So, it's like the, the potential is there. I, I, I'm just dumbfounded what is not working. Like, last year I thought it was Sutter. I really thought it was Sutter. But now Sutter's gone, so what's the, what's the, what's the problem? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, it's so frustrating, and I don't know where we go from here. Um, yeah, I just had to, I had to vent a bit today because I'm telling you, that game today really, I really wanted to win that game against the Oilers today because yeah. they're, strugg- they're struggling as well. And I don't think the Oilers are going to be anything special this year. Um, they just don't have the depth, and I don't trust their goaltending. But it would have been really nice to win that game today. And I'm a pretty pissed-off Flames fan, but uh, you're going to have a lot of more pissed-off callers tonight. I, I just want to vent uh, a little I, bit.
0: I believe you're correct on that front. <laughs> I will have many more uh, pissed-off Flames fans. Look, I have right now like I, I i'm i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it's it's early and like watch it no no it's early they're gonna turn i don't know if they're gonna turn it around i uh i watch what happened on uh, i watched what happened last season too man i i know how bad last season was i know how difficult it was for them to score goals last year and they are still having a hard time scoring goals right now um yeah i i i think they really need to do some significant internal soul searching here in terms of which direction they want to go with some really important players and and do they do they have the stomach to commit to elias lindholm and noah hannafin for eight more years and that's not a knock on the players but it's a knock on the direction do they want to commit themselves to this group that you know it's now 91 games or whatever it is with with this new core you know the do you is is this the core you want to go forward with and and so far through nine games this year and and what we've seen last year or what we saw last year it's it's kind of hard to make a credible argument that the answer is yes to that
1: even even Lindholm has not looked good he looks good the first couple games but the last four or five games he's he has struggled as well like he's really I don't know he's really fighting it as well I don't know if it's a Confidence issue around the whole team, and like no one has the confidence right now. But like, he's really fighting it as well. So it's yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't know. Like I've told you a few times, I think we should resign Landholm because there's nothing we can do get better. I mean, there's no one we could get better than him. But now I'm starting to think like, I don't know. Like, did he have that huge year because of Johnny and Chucky? Like obviously they played a huge part of it, but for sure, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. Like I'm. The only – there's a couple positives, though. I'm not completely negative. I think Markstrom's been sensational. If it wasn't for Markstrom today, we would have been down 7-1 after 40. And I've really liked Mackenzie Wieger this year. I think he's been really good. I thought he actually played his best game tonight. And it's good to see because I thought he was a really big asset in that Kachuk trade. So, those are a couple positives. I don't know. I just hope – I hope things turn around. I really do. I don't – I don't want a top-five pick. I know a lot of fans do, but I'm the type of guy that always wants to win, and I don't want a top-five pick. I want to be in the playoffs, but I guess we'll see, Pat.
0: Thanks, buddy. Good to hear from you, Jenny. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm glad you could vent. Thanks, buddy. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 5-2 loss here at the Heritage Classic in Edmonton. We're at Commonwealth Stadium for your Flames Talk post game show. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you as we say hello to George. What's up, George?
11: Not much, buddy. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing all right.
11: Oh, good. I'm glad you got to experience that from a aesthetic point of view. It did seem like it was cool, and it, it seemed like it wasn't that cold out either compared to you know, other games. So that's, that's cool. That you got to experience that. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah. Um, listen, man, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Flames team look this disconnected on the ice and I don't know, maybe forever. It, it baffles me and amazes me at the same time. That first period, it looked like an AHL team versus an E-C-L, ECHL team. Like it was, it was brutal. And honestly, like it, it like the lack of chemistry is frightening. Very frightening. Like it's just, it just—it just seems like no matter what line combinations Huska puts together, other than the backline line, like nothing even is coming close to working. And, and it's funny because yeah. at the postgame show, you ask, um, you know, how do they generate more offense? And honestly, the only way to do it is to get better offensive players and more skill. Now, insane that obviously you can't just snap your fingers to get it, but that—that that looks like the quote-unquote solution right now. It's just—it's—it's it's mind-boggling what's going on with this team right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, George, maybe there's not a great team. Like, maybe. No, they're not. Maybe they're, they're not, maybe they're not that, a great team. Well, but then how well, is it baffling? That's happens? what I'm saying. Like, then the, uh, the, you're just saying it's mind boggling and baffling. I'm saying, well, maybe it's not mind boggling or baffling. That's all.
11: Yeah, to your point, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then and this has come from someone who had low expectations for the team. So maybe I shouldn't be using those terms coming from my mouth. But yeah. Um, To me, it's obvious what the real problem is, and it's it's the players. And I don't know if it's they don't want to play for each other. I don't know if there's guys that that dislike each other in there. I don't know what's going on, but it's clear what the issue was last year, and it's carried over to this year. I mean, the proof is there so far. And I do. I really feel bad for Ryan Huska because I don't think we're going to get a real feel for if the guy's actually a viable NHL head coach with this team because of the circumstances and Robert, honestly, he put it perfectly. I think the guy's like a sacrificial lamb in this case. It's like, he's trying to do what he can, um, through nine games and he's trying to say the right things, but, uh, behind closed doors, I wonder if this guy just sits sits in a stall and just shakes his head. Like, what do I have to do here? And I do, I feel bad for him. You know, Uh, I know it's not going to happen, but at this point, man, and and look, I know it's not going to happen, but I'm just telling you what I would like to see. Um, I would love to see some young players called up plugged into the lineup and I honestly I'd like to see some of these so-called veterans scratched. I know a lot of people think that's ludicrous, but it was done in New Jersey, it was done in Columbus. Um, they you know
0: they don't really have the ability do. to do they they don't really have that ability to do that right now just because of their injury and cap situation. And and and, and I know yeah, that that's it, like they just don't really have that ability to do, to, to sit. Like, they only have, uh, with Rzichka hurt, they only have 12 forwards right now. Yeah, and,
11: and it's the truth because of the, the cap compliance. Yeah, it's the truth. Like I said, it's I, I wish it could happen, but because of the circumstances they're in, they can't, and that makes it even more frustrating because now it's like you don't even get the benefit of trying to find some sort of enjoyment to how it looks like this season is going to go. Like, you know, I know a lot of Flames fans, including myself, that wanted, and I've been wanting a rebuild for a long time. I mean, I've been saying this, especially since 2019, and I know it won't happen, and I know ownership probably won't let it happen. But I, like I said, as a, I don't know what to do at this point. You just, there's things that we want, and I know there's things that we're not going to get, and we could talk about all we want, but it's going to be interesting. I right, let me ask you this before I let you go. If mm-hmm. this is the way it appears it's going to be at the trade deadline, and they're clearly out of this race, like, do you think Connor will actually have the go-ahead from ownership to make those moves and, and jettison guys like Lindholm, like Hannafin, like of like yeah. to go oh, off, yeah.
0: assuming they're not signed the yeah. contract? Oh, yeah.
11: You really I, think I so? Do.
0: Yep. I mean, they've done it before.
11: But what do you think? Do you think it's going they're going to be demanded to make, quote-unquote, hockey trades to bling other caliber players back or what? Like, because... There's a lot of people say that you can't rebuild with these contracts we have, and I, I more or less agree with that. But you might you might have to bite the bullet and do it anyway, and just face the fact that you got 17 million and a half every year for the next six years, and there's nothing you can do about it because those contracts are buyout proof, especially a Huberto's.
0: Yeah, I mean, those those aren't going anywhere anytime soon. At least at least not the rest of this season but i still think yes absolutely they'd have to the go ahead to be able to trade lindholm for picks and prospects and trade uh same thing with with hannafin if that's the road they wanted to go down i absolutely um i absolutely think that they would have to go ahead and i've been told they would um so i don't know whether or not the uh, that's what they're going to do but and i i think it's a little early to be making any decisions period on that whether it be signing or making a trade, but I I think they would have the ownership go ahead to make those types of deals.
11: We'll see. It'll be interesting. Good talking to you, my man. I hope you have a great night.
0: Okay, thanks Georgie. Appreciate it as always, buddy. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Text 96960. Flamesfall 52 to the Edmonton Oilers here at the 2023 Heritage Classic in Edmonton. Flamestock Talk post game from Commonwealth Stadium here in uh, here in Edmonton. Uh, let's say hello to Ann-Ann. What's going on, Annan?
12: Good evening, Patty. How
0: are you? I'm good, man.
12: Yeah, bullshit. Okay, yeah, definitely a tough game but I think uh, Kadri and Greer played really well along with Marstrom. I was surprised when he got the second assist on that goal by AJ e. Greer. So well done, Markstrom, and uh, what do you call uh, Kadri and uh, yeah, those two goals who uh, we can probably look forward to getting their confidence. Uh, maybe one or two questions for you. Uh, first would be uh, do you think the Flames should look forward to doing maybe like a rebuild or a team change swap at all, or maybe calling someone from the AHL Wranglers at all? Uh, what are the thoughts do we need? Some of the youth uh, injection in the lineup, as our coaches were uh, mentioning earlier before the season.
0: Well, I mean. Yeah, I think it, I, I actually think it would it would be something interesting to try. They're kind of limited right now, just based on their injury situation and their yep. cap situation. But it, I, I think that if they we're a, once, once Rasmus Anderson's back, you can um, you can make a move on defense, and then you can uh, perhaps open up a little bit of cap room. And once you open up a little bit of cap room, um, then you can uh, oh, not, not cap room, sorry, roster cap. Like you can open up a roster spot. Um yeah because right now they're they're maxed out at 23 so if you are are able to do, i i think recalling a klapka or recalling a zary or something like that i don't think it's gonna completely turn the fortunes of the team they're not those types of prospects we're not talking about them being that high-end players but i think at the very least it could infuse a little bit of something different into this group and and see what you got with the young player and from from a fan standpoint i think it would at the very least give a fan something to look forward to because right now you're hearing it more and more like there's just not a lot of people that are gearing up and, and excited to watch games right now with the way they're playing
12: yeah true yeah two of my uh flames vertical uh, classmates were up there in and i felt sorry for them uh traveling and uh, traveling so long and seeing the loss uh maybe one last question what do you think uh it might my- take from hobert though maybe to step up like we haven't seen much of him with this i don't know dude these... i
0: do not i do not know at this point i do not know what that's going to take i i i and i would tell you if, if but i i do not know
12: all right sounds good all right but have a good night uh drive safe home back to calgary and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. thank you buddy uh,
0: be well and thank you man yes. Uh, let's do this. Let's uh, head back inside the Flames locker room. Uh, the phone lines remain open at 403 240 4444. The text line remains open at nine sixty nine sixty. More of your phone calls, more of your texts as we continue along on your Flames talk post game. Let's hear from the captain. 5 2 final score. Flames lose to the Edmonton Oilers at the 2023 Heritage Classic. Here's uh, Michael Backlund post game inside the Flames locker room.
7: Michael, just tell if you can, give us an
0: assessment of what you uh, seen and felt over there time. tonight.
13: I thought they were the better team in the first. We were a little hesitant. Um, they yeah, got that lead, and I thought in a second we'd play better. we a the better team. I thought you know, we worked, uh, worked our way back in the game, 3-2 uh, going third, and they got that four phone, and uh, you know, we pushed. Um, yeah, it wasn't good enough.
7: Is that, that funny bounce that led to that goal, is that just almost symbolic of the way your season's gone?
13: I don't know. Um, I mean, today we played better than we had in some other games, but, yeah, in the end here we... You know we gotta dig deep here now and um, you know roll up our sleeves um, and then really really come out next game and find a way to win
7: this wasn't a work ethic issue right like the last game this was a much improved effort work-wise
13: yeah at times though we were a little sloppy at the lines and you know we know they're a really good rush team and the you know the players they have you gotta be careful with the puck and especially in, when the ice you know ice was good but it's a little chippy out there with the cold and uh, um so at times we weren't as careful um, as we should have been, and uh, uh, that's when they got their looks. And um, but yeah, effort-wise, you know, everyone chipped in and gave it all. Everyone was excited to play tonight, and um, yeah, it's tough that we came short. Is it, is it? You,
3: you said yesterday, one team's going to wake up feeling a lot better Monday morning. Obviously, it's not you guys. How, how do you sort of weather this early funk here
13: yeah, we got to keep believing uh, we have a really good team here, um, I believe in the guys, uh, you know, we got to stick with it, um, play with effort tonight and clean some things up we're, we're gonna win games eventually and we got to stick with it, uh, like I said, I know we have a really good group, uh, but, you know, we got to just push a little harder here until we get that win and then uh, things you will know, fall into place and we'll feel a lot better. Does, it, does it
5: concern you a little bit just how this team can't seem to score frequently at 5-on-5? Five five?
13: No, it doesn't concern me. It, it's uh, you know something we got to work on, uh, obviously, and um, it's a tough start. Uh, but I know we're capable of scoring more, and I can I know we have a lot of good players down there, so I know it's going to come. I Michael, mean, well, if you have sure a
9: chance, just just talk about about the atmosphere out there. what, what, what how special was it to, to represent the Flames and the National Hockey League in, in an environment like like, like
13: tonight? Yeah, it was great. Uh, it's always exciting to get a special game like this, an outdoor game. Um, you know looked like it was sold out arena, uh, the Jets flying over, uh, Naked Black here, you know. Um, you know I, Everything going on before, it was just, yeah, really, really cool atmosphere, you know, playing two-touch before it all, uh, with the fans right there. It is special. Um, again, it's too bad we didn't find a way to win.
8: What's that, that, so what's that
7: room right, like right now?
13: Well, we're disappointed and right now, it's fresh off a loss. Um, you know, tomorrow day off, um, We'll uh, refocus, uh, get back to a normal regular season, um, and uh, you know, focus on next game. Um, like I said, we know we have a good team here, and we know we can turn. We, we are going to turn this around and uh, start winning games.
5: What, what is the key to getting on the score sheet more frequently in these tight games?
13: Well, today, um, you know, we could have had a little more traffic, and bodies at net. That's how they scored their winning goal. It was a shot from the point, a little bounce, and the puck was in. Um, we could have done a little better job with that. Uh, I think we can get a little, little dirty around the net and a little more direct uh, attack the net more.
3: Is there a lesson in, in what happened early? Because you, you, guys, put yourself obviously far enough behind that you, you couldn't come back. Is there a lesson in, in what the start proved to be?
13: Yeah, I mean, I think most of the games this year we had good starts, uh, except for a couple of games, and tonight one on those games where, um, you know, we sat back a little bit and gave them. Well, too much respect, I think, with the, the players they have. Um, you know, Connor coming back and all that. And uh, um, but you know, when we started playing the way we can, um, at the end of that first period and the beginning of the second, we were we were a better team.
9: Michael, as the captain, is there a message you're trying to give to, to your, your your teammates
0: at this time?
13: Oh well, yeah, I just believe uh, that we are a good team, good players. We are going to turn this around, and we got to stick with it and fight even harder.
0: There you go. That's Michael Backlund, uh, Flames captain, following this 5-2 loss to the Oilers inside the Flames locker room as we continue along on our Flames Talk post-game show tonight. It's time to select tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Um, it's a frustrating one. I know that uh, these can be difficult, so getting uh, selecting things like this is uh, the losses mount and pile up for the Flames. But uh, tonight going to go with Noah Hannafin. Uh, Hannafin played 26 minutes and 10 seconds. He was out. It felt like every second shift uh hannafin finished the game with a team leading 10 shot attempts he had a team leading three shots uh on top of that he was uh, on top of the attempts he was uh, around it with a scoring chance um and uh i just thought he played a really solid game it was uh it was one of those nights where he felt like he skated 10,000 miles and it just it was When when you needed him. I thought he looked more dynamic on the power play than he has at really any point since kind of taken over as the power play quarterback in Rasmus Anderson's absence. I just thought it was all around a really solid night for Noah Hannafin in 26 plus minutes. We'll go with him as tonight's player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Okay, it's Pat Steinberg along with you. Phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444. Text line remains open at 960-960. More of your texts, more of your phone calls around the corner as we continue on your Flames Talk post-game show. Tonight's game has been brought to you by South Point Toyota. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Let's check in with Nazem Kadri. He uh, scored one of Calgary's two goals, along with A.J. Greer Kadri inside the Flames locker room following this 5-2 loss to the Oilers. Now, maybe just when you look at tonight, what, what did you think was the difference as this game went on?
5: Um, well to start. I think they uh you know, kinda out- out played outplayed us in the first ten minutes and you know, scored a couple of goals there and uh you know, we were chasing so um just that start. Those two five on threes, or is that is that almost the game itself where you squandered those and mm-hmm. put you behind the eight ball? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, I don't know if we scored towards the end of one or was yeah. that five on four or I'm not quite sure what the time one was looking second, like. Though. Um but yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, gotta try to find a way to, to score a goal. Um Maybe multiple, but, you know, you got to give them credit. They, they did a pretty good job on the PK tonight and uh, got in some lanes, but, you know, ideally you'd like to score more. Do you, it, does it concern you that this team can't seem to score at 5-on-5 five five with consistency? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, we got to find ways to, to be able to do it. Uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you, you got to just kind of stay with the process, even though it's frustrating right now. And, uh, you know, Everyone seems seems frustrated, but you know that's just what it is. Tomorrow's a new day. Gotta turn the page and uh, try to win the next one.
13: How do you explain the start of tonight?
5: Uh slow. Um, you know, you kind of expect them, obviously at home uh, in a big game like this. A lot of hype around it. You you kind of expected them to come out hot, and, and they did. And uh, you know, we, we responded in a way, but you know, at the end of the day, they you know got those two, and then like I said, we were just playing catch up. So. Uh, yeah, just ideally uh, like to give up uh, maybe a goal less.
3: How do you make sure that urgency doesn't turn into panic
5: in this stretch? You gotta have composure and poise. You know, um, it's a long season. Uh, obviously, you know things happen where you know you get agitated and you get uh, frustrated. But you know that's the sport of hockey. That's professional sports. I mean, if you can't fight adversity, then you're doing the wrong thing. So uh, you know, for us, it's about trying to rally together and uh, you know finding a way out. Is there
9: something that can be done off you guys
5: to kind of keep guys grounded when things just aren't really going right? I don't think so. I mean, we, uh, you know, we're putting in work. It's, this is not a, a work ethic thing. It's uh, more so just, you know, a, a bounce here or there, and you know, the, the game would change. You know, the game would be, uh, you know, it's it's a game of momentum. And sometimes when uh, things aren't going your way, you feel like you're behind the eight ball all the time. And I think that's where we're at right now. But um, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to quit. Last season there was that seven game losing streak to start the season. So there's sense that you obviously don't want to repeat that, so how do you stop this right now then? Um just play better. Find a way, you know, find a way. It's it's as simple as that, of course. Like I mentioned, guys, it's you know, it's one of those things nobody enjoys losing in that dressing room, right? It's very uh, it's very uh, we take it very personal and uh we got a lot of pride. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think you know, guys are gonna be able to, you know look at themselves and be accountable and, and uh, you know, we'll have better performances. Asim, I thought there were a couple
9: of positives tonight. I thought A.J. Greer played, played mm-hmm. very well and then Mackenzie Wieger. Maybe, maybe talk a
5: little bit it about Yeah, of that. course. Yeah, they, they, they did play well tonight. And uh, I think in stretches, a lot of other guys played well as well. But, you know, that's what hockey is, you know, especially when you're playing against dangerous players. You know, you have five, ten-minute lapses, you end up, you know, um, it's it's a goal against. So, um, you know, for those guys, they just got to continue uh, – you know, to simplify and play their game, and uh, you know they—they—they—they play well tonight.
0: There you go. That is uh, Nazem Kadri post-game. Five-two final score. Flames lose to the Oilers here in the 2023 Tim Hortons Heritage Classic. As we continue along in your Flames talk post-game show, it's Pat Steinberg along with you on a Sunday night. We've heard from Nazem Kadri, Michael Backlund, Ryan Husko. We heard live from A.J. Greer, all as part of your Flames talk post-game here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, time to go. Uh, we're, we'll go back inside the um, text line. We'll get back to the phone lines in just a couple minutes, but right now, it's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. So, this is one of the, kind of circled on the calendar days, this is one of the hallmark days of the season for the Flames. It's now done. So, next up for Calgary, they are back at it against the Dallas Stars on Wednesday night. Note the start time for Wednesday's game at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's a 6:30 face off from the dome on Sportsnet 1 and of course here on Sportsnet 960 the fan flames have actually uh, had a ton of success against the stars of late maybe that can help them get out of this mire they're in right now 5-0 and 2 in their last 7 games against the stars dating back to December of 2019 they're 2-0 and uh, 1 or were 2-0 and 1 against the stars last season so that's next up for the flames Wednesday against the stars then this coming Saturday on the road against Seattle the next two games the week ahead for the Calgary Flames fairly light one just the two games coming up this week for calgary that's our look ahead and looking ahead is brought to you by oncolytics biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit oncolyticsbiotech.com dot com okay back to the text line we go at 960 960 there is a ton here so um i will uh get to as many as i possibly can on the text line at 960 960 um this says uh from josh in ontario so many people want the flames to get higher picks to pivot and to prioritize the future i agree but that means we need to expect more losses we can't want them to bottom out and also be salty when they do I agree I think the only difference is is that this is not a team trying to bottom out right now this is a team that that was built with the express goal of being competitive and has not been overly competitive through their first nine games and missed the playoffs last year with almost an identical group so I think that would be the only difference in this conversation this from Steven Red Deer Pat at this point I think I'm going to stop watching the Flames play for a while it's just too hard that first period tonight was brutal as fans we will have to give it some time but what the team looks like at the 20 game mark but i'm not optimistic i think it might be another grueling winter for fans i hope i'm wrong that's from Stephen reddeer uh, this says, I know the Michael Backlund, um, Blake Coleman, Andrew Mangiapane line has been the only consistent line this year, and I hate to break it up, but at this point they might as well try giving Huberdo the Backlund bump. Mangiapane needs a change to get him going, and he always seems to play well with Dubé. I'd go Huberdo, Backlund, Coleman, Dubé, Lindholm, Mangipani, uh Ruzichka or Hunt with Kadri and Coronado, and leave that fourth line intact. They have not been a problem. And part of me is like, yeah, Tuesday at practice, juggle them up again. But part of me is like, at some point you have to stop throwing the lines together and putting them in the blender and just throwing a bunch of darts at a wall. At some point it feels like you have to settle on some line combinations and, and stop juggling them around. The problem is I don't know if now the time because – what what have you seen yet that's like oh yeah yeah we want to stick with this look we want to stick with this lineup and this uh kind of alignment so yeah i mean i i I'd, I'd give most things a try right now it's it's tough to throw out an idea and say no at this point with the way things are going um michael writes uh people need to stop piling on huberdo and codry every single person would have said yes to those contracts if they were offered uh true living signed those two players to those contracts maybe the flames could trade huberdo at some point um and perhaps they could trade him to toronto and give tree his big contract player back uh, i think tree would probably not make that deal at this point in time. Um, This says... Uh, have we talked enough about the loss of Tyler Toffoli? He was by far their best forward last year, and subtracting him off this roster has been difficult. I'm not sure what we were to expect other than what we're getting up to this point. It's painfully obvious there's no shooting threat on this team. Do you think it was a mistake not signing Toffoli, given the direction the organization was wanting to go, and that they want to be a winner now? If you want to win now, then why are you not signing your best offensive player? just doesn't seem like anything the organization does makes any sense i i was i i understand why they didn't sign to to his the the deal that he was asking for he was asking for a six seven year deal from the flames and that just wouldn't have made sense for calgary to sign him to he's over 30 um he is. He was their leading scorer last year. He had a great year, but we're talking about a guy that is not a high-end NHL skater. That is one of his weaknesses as as an NHLer, uh, and and was looking for the type of money and term that just wouldn't have made sense from a flame standpoint. So yes, do I think they miss Toffoli? Absolutely. Do I think they should have signed him to that contract? No, I, I really don't. I think they made the right move in pivoting there. And maybe they need to make some other pivot moves here as, as they move down the road with some of these other potential unrestricted free agents they've got to figure out. This says, Pat, uh, congrats to Edmonton for pulling off a phenomenal Heritage Classic. Hats off to all the Flames jerseys in the stadium. Unfortunately, the on ice product continues to struggle. We were never really close to winning that game. They made Edmonton look good. I doubt they'll win their next game. I'm afraid the Flames are overwhelmed with all the negativity and losing five straight. They chased it all last season, and this season feels identical, always chasing. The fans have grown tired of this brand of hockey. They will not sign Lindholm, and why would he want to sign here? Back Macklin finally said something tonight, but that's just lip service. He didn't lead on the ice. Kane had his way with with his team tonight. They have no push or will to take the game back. Um, Sorry, just the text jumped on me. Um, I'm afraid their coaching already has no answers. This is going to be one long season. Uh, thanks for listening. This from Dylan in Revelstoke. He may have scored, but Nazem Kadri still does not pass the eye test whatsoever. kadri has been by far the worst forward on the team for about 60 games. Good news, though, looking at his buyout calculator, calculator on Cap Friendly, it's actually not nearly as bad as you'd think, especially if you deal with this crowd for one more year after this one. Uh, May this be a lesson for Conroy to not sign any more past their prime players coming off of outlier career years. That comes from Dylan in Revelstoke. Uh, This reads, Pat, I watched the game tonight with a couple of Oiler fans. They can't believe what the Flames are paying Kadri and Huberdeau and how they're stuck with them, which obviously they're gleeful about. They compared it to the Neal deal all over again times two. These guys are second, third liners at best, and the top two paid players on the team. What can they do? What can we do with this future i, I understand it's uh, it's a rather seemingly or or has the potential to be a rather untenable situation here going forward um because yeah if it continues like this those contracts are going to look more and more like uh, absolute albatrosses um This says, Pat, the problem with the Flames is simple. Apart from Kachuk, they haven't had a player that could put the team on his back and will them to victory since Jerome. This team is currently filled with complementary players, but they have no game breakers that every contender has. The Flames' top six would be an elite middle six on a true contender. This from Parsons, judging by Huska's comments tonight after the game, I feel like having all of this optimism without an actual plan for generating offense is a bit concerning. Hoping things will happen is a bad recipe, for success. This is a team that looks like it hasn't played together before as it constantly gives pucks back in the neutral zone and seems like it has no offensive system at all. It's like a team of dump-and-chase grinders playing hot potato with the puck, hoping someone can do something with it, and they can't even do that good. Uh, On a year, Markstrom is actually looking good. I feel bad for him and the team. Maybe Huska was the wrong choice and was still too close to the Sutter regime, even though he has different views. This team looks unorganized, but leadership hopes that is, that the players will put it together on their own. That's not a solid game ta- game plan. Now I hear Tanev was low-balled on his offer, too. That dressing room has the wrong pieces in it, and there's no true leadership. Going to be a long year. Uh, this is from Jared in Lethbridge. The team's lacking multiple ingredients before it can become a success. I think there's too much line juggling and too many similar type players that don't have either size or skill to affect change. You need a team full of talent elevators like Backlund and Tanev instead of guys waiting for the right teammate to come pick them out of their uh, out of their slump. How long do you think they stick with the new Huska system if they keep going this way? Well, I mean, we're nine games into a brand new head coach. I I, I don't think that we're uh, talking about making a coaching change anytime soon. Uh, However, Jared, I mean, I, I do think that we're at the point now where it's nine games into a season. You've had three weeks of training camp. You had eight preseason games. It's like, okay, you should start to be seeing some signs of real progression with the way that this New brand of hockey they want to play is supposed to be played. I, I don't. I don't know if we're seeing anywhere near enough of the progression there, and I, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I kind of. I think there's enough time for this group of players to have figured it out, and yet here we are, and it doesn't feel like they have figured it out uh this says pat shot volume can be such a waste sometimes throwing a puck at the net that's easily handled by the goalie is simply a turnover this team needs to figure out how to generate high danger chances at a higher clip rather than just wristing a puck on net that has no chance to score or generate a dangerous rebound i'd rather have 25 productive shots rather than 45 easy saves that's why every second string goalie handles the flames just fine uh this says blow it up. Uh they need to rebuild for the new arena. The arena is embarrassing right now and no one will want to come play here. Bad contracts need to be moved even though even if it's at a loss, bite the bullet. Trade Markstrom, Kadri, Huberdeau, Dubé, Coleman, Tanev, Lindholm and Hannifin. Stock the cupboards and have a plan. All the Flames are doing now are cashing checks and if they wait any longer, they'll lose fan support that comes from Mike in Regina. Um This says, uh, there's just so many texts to wade through here. Pat, I'm okay with the losing. I don't think they'll be successful for many years. And as a fan, we have to accept that if we want the Flames to draft higher and find some talent, this is going to be the way it's going to go. Let's be bad for four to five years and have a chance to draft someone good. Um, I, I don't know if that's really in the Flames' M.O., but... Things are going the way they're going. They're losing more than they're winning anyway. They might get themselves a good draft pick, um, regardless if that's their intent or not. Uh, Great stuff as always on the text line. 969.60 appreciated. Um, we will uh, always take your texts on Flamestock Post Game, uh, whether it's the Heritage Classic or any other night. So great stuff on the text line at 969.60. Have a bunch more phone calls to get to as well on our Talk Post Game show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you at 403 240 4444. Phone line's open. Text line remains open. We might get back there again. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Talk available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the phone lines. We go. We say hello to Dave. What's going on, Dave? Dave, you there? Dave going once. Dave going twice. And uh, we'll have to hang up on Dave. And instead, we will go to Nico. Nico, you're up next. What's going on, Nico? Hey, uh, how, how are you, Pat? I'm good, man. How are you?
8: Uh, not bad. Um,. I, I like what uh, Backlund said, and I think as fans, we need to be more like Backlund and have a positive attitude, and not uh, worry about the about the team right now, and let them worry, let the players worry about the team. And like Backlund said, they have a good group of people, a good group of guys, and they think that they could win and get a get out of the slump themselves. Um, you know, like uh, Backlund said it really well, like in today's interview. Yeah, what do you think about Backlund's uh, interview? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know
0: if I've got much of an opinion on the uh, the the interview itself. I mean, uh, I, I I think that that's that's really the only choice they have, man, is is by getting out of it themselves. Because I don't think that they're going to be ba- they're, they're definitely not going to be bailed out in a positive way by any type of addition or anything like that. So, yeah, that their only choice really is to get out of it themselves.
8: All right, thank you on that. Uh, on, on that. Um, and as fans, I think we, could, we should still be positive around them and say positive things on the radio because these players listen and hear that. And, and, yeah, I believe that these guys are going to get out of this slump and we're going to start winning here soon. And thanks for having me on the radio.
0: All right, man. Appreciate it, Nico. You have yourself a great night. I mean, yeah, um, I... The, the only way the flames are going to figure it out is is by figuring it out internally, and it's not going to come from it's not going to come from any external help. I know that. Like this group, especially with their cap situation, this is their group, so they're going to be better than what they've been to the first nine games. It's it's going to come from the group that they've got assembled right now. Let's say hello to Stephen on this Sunday night. What's up, Stephen?
9: Hey, how you doing, Pat?
0: I'm doing all right, man. How are you?
9: Good, good. Hey, don't we all just get sick and tired of being mediocre? Like, it just feels like it's been a lot of years of this, and we had some good years with Johnny and Kachuk. But it just... I want to relive... Like, what is the point of being an NHL team? You want to win the Stanley Cup, right? In 2004, I mean, that's when I was in college. I mean... It was magical. And I want, you know, the young people and everyone to be able to re- relive something like that. Like, it was, it was awesome. Yep. Did, does this team seem like we're on track to win a Stanley Cup?
0: <laughs> not right now.
9: Okay, which is fine. So, okay, we're, we're, not, we're not on that path at the moment. So, as a GM, as the owners of this team, we need to get set on that path. Now, you're looking, <laughs> do we think these are the guys to do it? And I, I, would, I would, it's not looking great. Now, I, know, I don't know why the, the Flames this team thinks we're above rebuilding, like blowing it up, like maybe blowing it up isn't the right term. And by the, <laughs> And by the looks of it, we might get forced into a rebuild here. Like, we might not be saying we're in one, but with the direction that we're going, we might be going into a rebuild whether we like it or not.
0: Well, and that's a really good point that you bring up, and, and I think it's really well put, because if, if this continues on in similar fashion, and look, I mean when when Francis was on on Friday he said you know it, it when when it feels like the sky is falling it, it usually doesn't end up being as as bad as it feels like in the moment and and he's right i i don't think it's going to be this miserable for the rest of the season for the next 73 games that they have left but yeah what what becomes clearer as you move through 10 to 15 to 20 games and and you move through the first quarter of a season especially with what we found out about this team last year i think you get some you get some more answers and you get a better gauge as to what your team is and and you start to realize that you know what this and and i don't know if this is going to happen or not but maybe you start to realize that you know what this this group probably just isn't going to do it and and this group just isn't it and and if that's the conclusion that you come to then well you can you can make some moves and even with some potential anchor contracts like a huberdo or a cadre you can you can start to move other players for assets and you can start to make other moves that help you so yeah i i think your point is is very well heard steven i do
9: yeah and like pat you're and what you just said is right like the sky's not falling this team isn't terrible by any means. Like it's not like the worst team in the NHL. Well,
0: I mean, but that's it, when it comes it, back. It is to terrible them. right now. I mean, right. They, yeah, they have been right terrible now. here for the yeah. last the last little bit. For sure,
9: bit. but but they're not like this. And what you just said, but that's when it comes back to the mediocre. Like the Colorado Avalanche right. could come in, or one of the best teams in the league could come in here in the next week, and the Flames will, will throttle them. Like they're not like the, they're not playing great right now, but they're not the worst. Like, but that's just it. So. Are they just going to be mediocre this year? We may make the playoffs. We may not. And say we do make the playoffs. Are we going to be an eighth-place team that has a a superstar run like Florida did last year? And then, well, I mean, which would be great, but no one's going to remember Florida in two years, that little run they went on last year. Like, I want to win a Stanley Cup. And I know that's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But it just doesn't seem like we've been on the path to that in a long time. And I just get sick and tired of – Maybe we'll make the playoffs. Maybe we won't. And it's just—I'd like to be set on a path where at least I see we're going in that direction. And well, that's that's all I got tonight, man. And you have a great night.
0: Well said, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. And I think that you articulated what a lot of people are feeling right now—kind uh, of sick of the and 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 frustrated with the constant middling and mediocrity or. Is averageness a word? Um, but, like, just sick of being in the middle. And and you, you don't I, – I, I get it. Like, I think that, that Stephen articulated what a lot of people have been feeling going back to last year and certainly what a lot of people are feeling through the first nine games of this year. Uh, our final call tonight, Robert, uh, are you closing us off, Big Daddy? What's going
10: on? All right, buddy. First, first most important th- – drive safe home safe friend that's the most important thing of tonight's call i will i will uh, I,
0: pro- I promise you i will do that
10: and all the fans who were up there yes Daddy, absolutely I, you know i was thinking tonight why when you show up for the first eight ten minutes you know i think we were all shot eight nothing or something it was brutal i guess the orders had paul coffee going into the dressing room who went in our dressing room to give up some kind of speech the mascot, who, do you know anybody who went in their dressing room, Pat, before? Like, I know Coffee went to see the Oilers a few. Who went in their dressing room, Pat? Or is this uh, uh, privileged information? I, I honestly don't. I, I don't know. I think that's why we needed then, right? Patty, honestly, a game like tonight, the first 10 minutes. And, you know, if it wasn't for Mark, it would have been 4 or 5 nothing, Honestly, He made some 10-bell, Pat. Honestly, it would have been awful.
0: Yeah, I agree.
10: Rasmus is coming back Wednesday, Pat. You got four games. Yeah, I think the Flames should give him an extra game for the Dallas game It's uh, a compliment, a gift F- from the Flames from from you to Rasmus. Thanking him for that beautiful play he made with Columbus, like uh, you know, thank you, you know, when you gave, you know appreciation, gratitude, we'll set you one game. Just to let you know, it was great what you did. That would be a start. Second
0: would be- I don't, I don't understand.
10: Yeah, the flame organization should set him down for a game. Because those, the, the, those four games, that he, he got suspended, wasn't trying to win, to compete. It was just something that should never be done. In the heat of the moment, you can call whatever excuse you want to say. You should never. Okay,
0: be done. okay, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I I understand now. I understand now. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm dense. Go ahead.
10: Go go ahead. Uh, next thing that is obvious, right? It's obvious. You got a batch of few of these guys. I mean, nothing else is working. What do you got to lose? It's not going to prove anything? Probably. But it's just a message. Some kind of message. Put him in a prospect. box. Yeah, I mean. What else?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, and I, and I, I,
10: I know you. I know, Patty. I bring up these questions because I know the way you are. So I'm trying to engage you, not in a confrontation. I'm trying to steer you, but I know you're a smart, you're a smart young man. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty. <laughs> I don't know. I've got. I'm like.
0: Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word that I'm. Uh, I would use. It's like. I'm just kind of weary of the the same conversation. Yeah, yeah. and then that's and then yeah. so I'm kind of like, yeah. I mean, if they were to do that, then I'm sure, why not? Like I, I, I don't. Some, if if they were to try doing that, I I wouldn't object to it. I don't know if they can currently, yeah, yeah. just based on their cap situation. But yeah, if they were to try doing that and send a message that way, I'd probably come in and say, yeah, it's worth a try. I mean. I, they're they're awful right now. Like they are awful.
10: So uh, is that just Calgary kind over of you know, though? Lindo I know. there there there's about five or six that leaves a lot to be desired. Putting the money they make. I'm trying to put that away because I've never been jealous or guilty of what they make. Because any of us would take that money. But it's just one more thing, Patty, before I go. You know, in Calgary we got a lot of cats. You know, cats, feline cats. They control the mouse population. But we also have a lot of fat cats wearing our jersey that are destroying a team, destroying a fan base, and no professionalism. So we have feline cats and we have human cats. The difference is feline cats are good because they protect the, the mouse population. The cats we got on this hockey club... What do they protect, Patty, except give us probably cut a few years of our lives, make us mad, frustrated? You know, Patty, you said it. Thanksgiving is always a barometer for playoffs. I have a feeling Patty might be the first week in November. I don't think it might stretch out. You know, Patty, we're ahead of San Jose. We're not in Las in the Pacific. We're ahead of San Jose. That makes me feel good.
0: Oh, it does, does it?
10: Pat, <laughs> Patty, I, I, I'm happy today because my soccer team won, a lot of things won. Ferrari, you know Red Bull is the champion you know the Mexico. But honestly, Patty, I keep I hear fans talking about 2004. 2004, as you know and I know, was a miracle on ice it was rugby on ice we were close to go to a sandy couple but we got it but to make these kind of things patty and you had it right on the nose we've had these discussions many times to be a pleb, pleb, those bubble teams playoff we used to call it that value remember those terms you used to use you're always going to be in that scenario patty always Daddy, I don't want a playoff team at my age. I don't want a playoff team. Maybe if I was 20, I would want to – I want something, a a plan, a process, a path to to be able to become a a very good team, a Stanley Cup. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. Look at Washington. They want one cup. But at least you have that hope. Being this playoff bubble team, Patty, Death Valley. You're not getting anywhere, Patty. You're not getting anywhere. You know that I know that. And that's why I think the frustration, the anger, because I look at my age in my life, Patty, am I ever going to see any kind of team that can compete with the Celtic? Patty, you know, if you look at Uberton Khaji with this contract, five, six years, not only the four, five, six years you have, but then you if you do start thinking, we're talking about a good decade here, nine, ten years, before you get to that point. I'll be in my seventies there, Paddy. <laughs> you know, anyway, Pat. Drive home safe drive home safely, Patty, and I hope all the fans get home. But honestly, Paddy, I'll leave you with this, Patty, because this organization it's done so many crazy things. Remember when we bought Jagger, all, all these circus show. You know, Markstrom is our best player right now. Imagine if he would trade up to Edmonton. Don't say it's not impossible, Patty. I've been thinking about this. Markstrom's got a lot of value right now, the way he's played. Imagine if he wore an oiler sweater. Not like Stales, but imagine that. I'm trying to get the fan base rolled up. I'd rather not. Bye, Robert see you buddy
0: uh will do it on the phone lines tonight thank you so much for all your calls thank you for all your texts uh we could have gone longer on the phone lines but um it's a sunday night so we'll uh, we'll wrap it up uh we'll wrap it up with robert's call on the phone lines thank you for all your texts as well at 960 960 as we start to wrap things up on your flames talk post game show following this 5-2 heritage classic lost of the edmonton oilers on a sunday night it's time for your final summary here's how tonight's game went here's how we got to tonight's final score oilers never tried Trailed. they opened the scoring early as uh, Brett Kulak picked up his first of the season against the team that drafted him uh Brett Kulak makes it 1-0 at 419 of the first period Evander Kane Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the assist to make it 1-0 Oilers about five minutes later Zach Hyman would score to make it 2-0 Oil his third of the year from Leon Dreisidel at 938 the Oilers opening up a 2-0 lead Flames get one back on a power play right as a five on three was expiring their second five on three of the first period Nazem Kadri redirects home his first of the year took him nine games to get it but Kadri finally on the board with a goal Kadri's first from Mackenzie Wieger and Jonathan Huberdeau at 14.55 that's a power play goal to make it 2-1 however 71 seconds later Oilers regain their two goal advantage on an Evan Bouchard bomb his third of the year Bouchard from Drysidel and Connor McDavid at 16.06 was 3-1 Oilers after 20 Flames get one back in the second on an A.J. Greer goal his first as a member of the Flames. Weger and Jacob Markstrom, the assists at 11:27. Flames within one. They trailed 3-2 after 40. Oilers scored twice in the third, though. Uh, Vincent Deharnay, his first career NHL goal, puts the Oilers back out in front by two. Kane and Hyman, the assists at 6-16, and then into an empty net. Evander Kane seals this one at 19-13, second of the year from Derek Ryan, getting us to our 5-2 final score. Final shots for 33-27. Oilers Flames go one for six on the power play oilers go 0 for 2 with the man advantage your three stars here at commonwealth stadium Number three star was Mackenzie Weger. Number two, Leon Drysaddle, And number one was Zach Hyman. With the loss, Flames have now lost five in a row. They fall to two, six, and one. They're back in action Wednesday at home to Dallas, while the Oilers improved to two, five, and one. They're back in action Thursday, also at home to Dallas. Uh, that will uh, start to wrap us up. Uh, that's your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew, of uh, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineer, Matty Jacusco, who did a heck of a job. Uh, for our reporter, maddie Rose, and for our outstanding producer Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That will uh, wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for the Flames, uh, they are at home to the Dallas Stars Wednesday night. That is a 6:30 face-off, which means we'll be on the air at 5:30 with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Sunday or whatever you're Listening to us on Flames Talk Post Game Show. Uh, it was fun being up here at Commonwealth Stadium for the 2023 Heritage Classic. Heck of a job by the NHL. Heck of a job by the City of Edmonton. Heck of a job by the Oilers. Uh, they made Commonwealth look pretty darn good tonight. Uh, and the Oilers come away with a 5 2 win. That's your final score, 5 2 Oilers. This has been your Flames Talk Post Game Show, available wherever you get your podcast. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960. The fan.